Attend on Jim just a minute and tell me, tell him what, what you're feeling or, or talk to us. Just tell us what's going on in, in, inside you right now, Sam. Please. I have headache. Right. How long have you had those headaches, Sam? In a long time? Since I killed a kid. If, if it all boils down to the question of you're giving yourself up, if you could be assured that you wouldn't get capital punishment for myself. I don't want to give myself I, up. Huh? So I want to kill those kids. Part Jacob to America is presented by the good people at the Podbelly Network. My fellow Americans. We are fortunate to be alive. They need them to protect us from the number one killer in history. Protect us from the Central University. A study on the wise real A study on people called Demoside. Google it. Google it. The world's coming to an end. Everybody wanted everybody. All the details about the lying that we had in our possession. All right, everybody, welcome to episode 200 of the Arn Jacob Do America podcast. I am your host in the place to be, Mr. Jacob P. And sitting right across from me is the brown recluse, Mr. Art Trail. Art, say hello to the millions. And millions. What's up, potty people? Whoop, there it is. Yeah, man. Whoop. Dude, that's my favorite commercial right now is that fucking Geico commercial where, like, like these 60-year-old, like, rappers oh, are fucking yeah. making ice cream and shit. And they're all, like, old as fuck. Yeah, but it brings makes, me so much makes joy. Makes me feel... Makes me, uh... Makes me want to go back to my youth. But, yeah, one of the things I like about that commercial is that it has a very 90s vibe to it. Uh-huh. And, like, not just because of the song, but because, like, that's... A, do you remember, like, when, like... I don't know which cheese product. I think it was, like, Kraft was selling cheese, and they were like, You're crumbelievable. Oot! Yeah. And they took, like, a 90s song and basically, like made it more nice yeah but anyway cheesed it up yeah like and that's kind of how i feel like this is like another one of those cheese but like if you're gonna go cheesy go full on cheese oh yeah own that shit yeah. i love how like the fat guy like then he's all sprinkles and he does yeah. like the whole lebron james thing yeah very cool anyways guys uh <laughs> this is the art and jacob do america i'm art um guys go to cavemancoffee.com do us a favor go to cavemancoffee.com Check out their entire inventory. They don't just have coffee. They also have the hibiscus tea. They got sweatpants. They got shorts. They got hats. They got cacao butter. I love the cacao butter. Um, I I can't rave about it enough. Just go there. Type in America at checkout. Take a picture of yourself drinking that fucking coffee in the morning. Take a picture of yourself wearing the shorts, wearing the hat, drinking the hibiscus tea. Tag us. Tag them. It shows that you care. We appreciate it. They appreciate it. And you get 15% off your total purchase when you type in America at checkout. Yes. So speaking of sponsors, guys, make sure you check out our other sponsor, guys. The great, the powerful, the flavorful El Yucateco Hot Sauce. Guys, the kings of flavor since 1968. That is 50 plus years of Flavortown art. Mm -hmm. And when I mean Flavortown, I mean Flavortown because you can go wherever 
they sell food and you can find Ellie Pacheco on their shelves. Well, not their shelves, but any shelves in general where they sell food. It's and their shelves, man. They own it now. Yeah, they own it. They own that shit because they are the superior hot sauce on that shelf. Um, it's the best hot sauce you can buy with $2. I guarantee it. And just in case you guys cannot find El Yucateco on their shelves, um, just go ahead and go to shopelyucateco.com. Enter promo code DOAMERICA. Now, I had a couple people hit me up. They're like, your promo code doesn't work anymore. And it fucking freaked me out. And I was like, oh, shit. What? Did we get dropped from El Yucateco for being too liberal? <laughs> so I went in and I you know, made a mock order for myself. And you got to make Do America one word. So just put Do America as one word. And you'll save 10% off your entire purchase. And just like Caveman Coffee, they got hats. They got shirts. They got shorts. They got boxers. They got all sorts of accoutrement that you could ever want. You know, hot sauce logo on. Uh, go there, live the entire El Yucateco lifestyle. Tag us, tag them, post it to your social media so that way they know that you support us as well as the sponsors. But we're not here to talk about coffee and fucking tag team and 90s commercials and Geico commercials and shit like that. We are here to celebrate episode 200 of the Art and Jacob Do America podcast with part two of today's topic. The Zodiac Killer. It's crazy that we've gotten this far. I can't believe it. If you would have told me we would have been two ep- 200 episodes in on like episode two, I would have been like, nah, we're probably, <laughs> if we get to episode 30, we did good. I was, and it's, it's, it's amazing we didn't do the Patreon. By the way, guys, check out our Patreon. Subscribe there if you want a bonus episode every week. I'm surprised we didn't talk about two, episode 200 on the Patreon. All right. We got to talk about it next page <laughs> yeah we'll do 201 but um just a quick thing on it um when we did episode 100 i was thinking about this like driving home from the gym yesterday i was thinking like when we did the first 100 episodes what was episode 100 uh, i believe it was cattle mutilation oh weird so i remember when we did that episode and i remember thinking like oh wow it was like it's like finishing like a marathon like gasping for air and hyperventilating like oh we made it this far and I think I feel like since then though, like we've gotten our second win, we've gotten a little bit better, and you know we kind of know we've dialed it in a little bit more. And instead of feeling like I just finished a marathon, I feel like we're at the beginning of a marathon now. It, it does feel like we hit the reset button somewhere along the last like hundred episodes. Mm-hmm. Not sure where, not sure how, but it really does feel like oh, we kind of like ping pong a little bit better now or like whatever, maybe. I don't know. Just saying. Just saying. We're just getting started. Yeah, and there's a lot more improvement to be had. So hopefully by episode 300, we still have the same positive vibes going. (laughs) So uh, with that said, not to harp too much, not to suck our own dicks too much. Uh, Let's go ahead and jump into part two of the Zodiac Killer, okay? Yeah, man, let's do it. So just to recap a little bit, just in case you didn't, you should go listen to the first episode. <laughs> yes, please. But just to recap a little bit where we were on the last uh, episode, uh, we kind of left you off with the the murder of Paul Stein, the cab driver in Washington. Uh, Washington. On the, he is on the street of Washington and Maple. Yes. But he is not in Washington. He is in San Francisco. Um, and the thing that eluded the police around this time period was that big blooper that they do where they put out a report saying it was a black male Mm -hmm. and basically he gets away and two police do like stop and talk to someone that kind of matches the description that will later, you know, be revised of a guy, a stocky guy with big dark frame glasses. Mm -hmm. And they were like, damn, well that guy matches that guy, but, um, we let him go away because we thought it was a black male we're looking for. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so a few days later, and then this is kind of where we were. 
dropping the ball at the end of last episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I didn't expect us to get into the letters that soon. But I was telling Art right after the episode that we did last week, like, hey, let's just go ahead, pick up from there, and then we'll correct that um, that letter. That But what happened was, is a couple days later, like Art was saying, after the murder of Paul Stein, you know, the Zodiac, you know, sends another letter to the San Francisco Chronicle um, stating, this is the Zodiac speaking. I am the murderer of the taxi driver over by Washington Street and Maple Street last night. To prove this, here's a blood-stained piece of his shirt. So this motherfucker sends them a straight-up, like, bloody shirt, like, in the mail. And the movie, again, to say this, like, once more, the movie does an excellent job describing mm-hmm. this. I was listening to, um, it's a podcast called Monster, um, where they go balls deep. And it was, like, 15 episodes about, like, the whole Zodiac um, you know, case and like they actually had like the the mailroom lady who opened up that letter, like giving her account of like what she saw. But like it was like the most horrifying thing ever because like here you are like this doing your mundane job, like just opening up letters and you know forwarding to who they need to go and whatnot. And she goes, it was like she goes, I fucking literally pissed myself because it was like what the fuck is this? Like it like it was like worse than finding like a, like she said, worse than finding like a black widow, like in the envelope. It was like, holy shit. Like this is like some fucking incriminating shit, um, that she found. So the movie does an excellent job of like recreating that. Where she basically just screams and Mm -hmm. like, everybody's like, what the fuck is going on? Um, yeah. I mean, is this the one that also comes wrapped as a Halloween card as well? No. Um, but he says, I'm the same man who did in the people in the North Bay area, uh, the San Francisco police could have caught me last night if they had searched the park properly instead of holding road races with their motorcycles, uh, seeing that's literally how he spells it, uh, seeing who could make the most noise. The car drivers would have just, par- if the car, ugh, if the drivers should have just parked their cars and sat there quietly waiting for me to come out of cover. This is where he gets a little bit dark. He says, school children make nice targets. I think I shall wipe out a whole school bus or something. Just shoot out the front tire, then pick off the kitties as they come bouncing out. Yeah, I mean, obviously this sets off um, a big alarm in, in, in Northern California, and people mm-hmm. are freaking the fuck out. Um, and you, you can't really blame them. Um, you know, during this last week, I decided to go back and listen to our uh, homies in the Sofa King podcast and to hear what their like interpretation of this this case was like. And Dave kind of points out a couple of things. He's like, he sounds kind of like a dumb idiot, like in his writing. And like, I could see like, you know, he writes things kind of a lot of run on sentences mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And a part of me, like, as soon as he said that, it, a, a little like thing went off in my brain where I was like, yeah, but do you remember how they ended up catching the Unabomber? Because a lot of his writing samples were from someone that was raised in like that Chicago area that must have read this certain newspaper because that's how he wrote. Mm-hmm. And he wrote in a, like, he had to be educated, so now we know his education level and, like, we know all these things by the way he wrote. This one almost feels like... He's he, throwing them off on like, purpose. Yeah, like, this is... It, it all feels on purpose. It feels like he is the motorcycles or whatever. Like, that whole thing is just, like... This doesn't seem like a dumb dude, a dude that can come up with these ciphers and mm-hmm. then write things, like just run on sentences and put things together very poorly. It just seems like he is on that next level where like, I'm going to just write things. And like sometimes in some of the other notes, they're just, it almost seems like he's giving himself certain space. So that at that point, like the thought has to end and he has to start a new one before he can give too much away, which is weird. 
it's something that a computer algorithm would come up with, yeah. not a human. But he's he, like he's that far ahead. Like this motherfucker's playing chess, not checkers, and like he's playing on a three D <laughs> chessboard. It yeah, seems like, like because like to go along with your point, it's just like it's like two sides of the room where it's just like he's got this letter where it sounds like this very illiterate person, like with a very minimal education, but at the same time, this very very complex you know cipher which you know we'll get into like the next letter that comes in where it's just like some of them to this day like one of them just recently got you know as we alluded Mm -hmm. to in the first episode barely got uh, solved 50 years later but there's still ciphers out there that he's put that he put out with some of these letters that have not been solved and people like with fucking that fucking m1 chip from apple these supercomputers still haven't fucking been able to figure out yet like that's like you get both spectrums like that fucking super genius and like this like fucking idiot i believe like that's called like an idiot savant or something like that Mm -hmm. but it almost feels intentional like you said It, it definitely does feel intentional and then some of those you know one of the other letters and i'm sure we'll get into it but one of them has that sorry i haven't written or haven't written but i've been but I just haven't washed my pens line or whatever. I don't know if you've seen that, but that's... Oh, that, yeah, that the next letter, yeah. Yeah, the, the next letter. And it just feels like... It almost feels like this is me just laughing at you. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys are not even close to, like, what... You guys are not even sniffing in the right direction. And he's kind of like... Because, like, when I was doing research for this topic, like, I just went down some of the letters and wrote down some notes on it. And then, like, as we'll probably get into later on in the episode, like, there's all these, like, side murders that haven't officially been assigned to the Zodiac, but have, like, a lot of the same qualities as, you know, some of the murders that happen, like, with the two teenagers in the car, you know, the the Paul Stein and the cabbie, whatever. There's a lot of similarities between these murders. And you look at, like, the time frame in which they added up, because at first I was like, ah, it couldn't be the Zodiac. Like, it's just him, like, adopting, you know, what somebody else's work. But you look at the time frame... And you look at the language from, like, these actual letters, and you're like, oh, shit. Like, he's talking about, like, oh, like, you don't even know. Like, you're looking at the wrong direction, and I'm over here doing this, 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 and this, and you're letting people die. Like, this is blood on your hands. Yeah. Very scary guy, I'll say that, just because he's so hard to, like, (laughs) pin down. Yeah. So after this letter comes out, um, somebody calls the Oakland Police Department demanding that one of two prominent lawyers, uh, one being Effie Bailey or Melvin Belly, appear on AM San Francisco, a talk show on KGO TV hosted by uh, Jim Dunbar, who's like a famous uh, talk show host at the time. Uh, Effie Bailey, you know, our generation, we know him as like one of the lawyers for O.J. Simpson. Uh, and then Melvin Belly, also being a famous celebrity lawyer, you know, in the San Francisco area, uh, who represented the Rolling Stones during that whole like uh, that Altamont uh, concert where you know the Hell's, the Angels, Hell's Angels, yeah, <laughs> were hired as security and shit. <laughs> uh, they were he actually like um, was one of the lawyers for uh, the Rolling Stones to defend him in that incident. So like he's like this very prominent. Um, you know, celebrity, both of them are very prominent, you know, celebrity uh, lawyers. F. Lee Bailey, he was busy at that time, and he also kind of lived on the East Coast, so he couldn't make it. Um, but, yeah, Bailey, um, or Belly, I want to say. Um, Norman, I think it's actually Norman Belli. Belli. There you go, <laughs> Belli. Okay, I put a little accent mark on it. Um, but he did appear on the show. Um, police, like, again, the movie fucking does an excellent, excellent does representation. Does a really good job with these. Yeah, um, they get him in, and I guess, like, the show was, like, filmed, like, at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, I did not know that. So it would be, like, the equivalent of, like, 
the late late show like Seth Meyers or whatever, like Carson Daly, whatever it is now, like you know some serial killer calling into that show, um, and like he appears on there. And I watched like the movie version of it, and I watched like the real version of it of like um, Melvin Belli and you know Jim Dunbar, you know talking uh-huh. to because uh, the Zodiac or quote unquote the Zodiac. Uh, calls in you know they tell all the uh, watchers like hey don't call in keep all the lions free uh, we want the zodiac if this really is the zodiac we want him to call in we want to get some information and oh yeah by the way you know the police department the san francisco police department you know they want to trace trace this call it's the late 60s so they have to be on the line for 30 minutes with this individual for in order for them to trace it it's not like you know you have t-mobile now and they automatically know fucking everything about you um but, you know, the guy who was calling in, he kept calling in and hanging up for like two hours. But, you know, again, the movie and the actual footage, which is available on YouTube, it shows like, you know, they'd get so far in the questioning and the guy would hang up mm-hmm. and then they would have to, you know, carry the conversation, beg him to call in. And you see it in the movie, fucking, you know, Mark Ruffalo, like getting frustrated, like, holy shit, can somebody trace this call? And, you know, like I said, the movie does an excellent job, you know, depicting this. And Belli, he actually says, <laughs> like, he says to him, he goes, is there anything I can call you? You know, uh, Zodiac just seems so ominous. And the guy actually gives the name of Sam. Yeah. And he actually, you know, arranges some, a rendezvous for them to meet up in person. Um, I believe, like, it was in Daly City, um, outside of, like, a theater or, like, a, a, a pawn shop or something like that. Yeah. I mean, the the whole conversation that they have on the, on you know, when they're on the television show... It feels like what we would imagine, like a troubled person. Like it almost felt like he was aware of what they were gonna be asking him. He was like, "I get headaches, and killing people makes the headaches go away, and like all this stuff." It almost feels like he's just drumming up the drama, just to like mm-hmm. I don't want to say like throw him off because I actually there's beliefs that this could be a different person. The trace itself came back like an inconclusive trace, but they believe that it was possibly coming from a mental hospital. Yeah, that's what I saw too. Yeah, and so there's possibilities that it was coming from a mental hospital, but at the same time, it's inconclusive, so they don't know because the the traces were so short every time. Um, So it was just, it was very difficult. There's, there's even that, there's, it's possible that it came from there, so they think maybe a mental patient was calling in. Mm-hmm. But even then, like imagine like a mental patient find the resources to get to a phone at that time of night to like make those phone calls back to back to back. Like it was like something like 30 times. Like he called in and hung up, called in and th- hung up and whatnot. Like that is like a weird fucking move right there. Yeah. And it seemed like I think, and at this point I start thinking like without knowing any of the suspects that we'll talk about down the line, I got to believe that this person either at some point had military training or had police background to know that. Right. Like, th- like, Fucking like we live in the age of technology now. There, I didn't even know about fucking like how calls were traced like that. So he had to have some kind of insider knowledge to know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the whole thing is just weird that he would know that and like drum it up with the whole like. And there's a part in the in the movie and they they do this in the movie where he like starts screaming on the phone and he's like, <laughs> and they yeah. ask him like, hey, what is that? And he's like, that's my headache. <laughs> and, like, it's just weird. Like, the whole thing is just, I feel like it's meant to throw the police another curveball. Like, mm-hmm. what is this? Like, we don't know what the fuck this is or what's going on here. So you believe it's the Zodiac then that did call? 
I think that it's more likely that it was the Zodiac than it wasn't. And and the only reason I believe that it was is because I think people at this point were still afraid to get caught. Mm-hmm. Like later on, it becomes like the cool thing. Like Zodiac at one point becomes like we're, they made movies about Zodiac, and there's like there's even like a adult film about the Zodiac. <laughs> And like later on, available can, on Pornhub Plus. Yeah, go ahead and find it. It's out there somewhere. But like, a John Holmes is in it. Oh, okay, that um, makes sense. Yeah. yeah so like, he's stabbing. He's a stabber. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah. So it's just like it. It became like a pop culture phenomenon. But at this point, it was still like new. It was new, and it was horrifying, and it was like I don't think the average Joe would fake all this shit, mm-hmm. risk getting caught, risk going to jail, and like doing that so i do think that this is probably the the actual zodiac at least and if you want to believe that there were two zodiacs or multiple zodiacs i do think that that's one of my theories that that is also i'm I'm also in that theory that i believe that there was two zodiacs Mm -hmm. and i do think that this is one of them calling in and i'll I'll get into my theory about the caller in a little bit um so this all takes place um october 20th and then, you know, they arrange the rendezvous or whatever. So it, 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 the narrative right now is that, you know, hey, the Zodiac is calling in. He's relying on Melvin Bellite, super badass fucking, you know, attorney, you know, to get him out from, you know, getting into the gas chamber. You know, if you can just get it like some kind of confession out of, out of him and claim insanity or whatever, like maybe he'll just get like life in prison or something. But they talk about it like in their little conversation, like he's afraid of the gas chamber or whatnot, right? So they arrange this rendezvous in front of, I believe it was like a thrift shop or something like that. And, you know, it, you know, Zodiac is a no-show. And you kind of don't blame him <laughs> because yeah. the police are there and the fucking news are there or whatever. Like, you don't want to have, like, this fucking, you know, consultation with your potential attorney and you have, like, the world's eye on you right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the police can just literally arrest you right there. So Yeah, and then there goes fucking, you're right there in the gas chamber. So yeah. uh, Zodiac, November 8th, uh, writes another letter saying, this is Zodiac speaking. I thought you would need a good laugh. Before you hear the bad news, you won't get the news for a while yet, which leads into something that we'll talk about later on in the episode. P.S. Could you print this new cipher on your front page? I get awfully lonely when I'm ignored. So lonely, I can do my thing. And it's like underscored, you know, a bunch of times. And then he leaves uh, his mark, which is like the Zodiac sign. And it says December, spelled wrong, you know, with an S. Uh, July, August, September, October equals seven. And then this is like the famous... Um, cipher, you know, that, you know, just recently got um, deciphered uh, this past December. Uh, let me bring it up. All right. And so what that cipher is, again, like, like I was mentioning, you know, in the first episode, took 50 years. It took like that supercomputer like you were talking about. Like it took like an international team to mm-hmm. come together. It was like almost like putting together like the space <laughs> station or whatever, like Russia and like America. We all had to like come together and put to rest the Cold War for a second to figure out the Zodiac letter. But um, he states in the cipher that was deciphered, I hope you're having lots of fun in trying to catch me. That wasn't me on the TV show, which brings up a point about me. I am not afraid of the gas chamber because it will send me to paradise, paradise spelled wrong, all the sooner because I now have enough slaves to work for me where everyone else has nothing when they reach paradise. So they are afraid of death. I am not afraid because I know that my new life is life will be an easy one in paradise death. Weird sentence structure. Um, again, this is him responding to, you know, the Melvin Bellite. Is this interview. the uh, November 9th letter? 
Uh, this is yeah November eighth. Yeah. The, oh okay. The Z three forty. Oh um, this cipher. oh this is the one that just got decoded. Correct. Right. Okay. So I mean, there's him like saying like straight up like that was not me like on the telephone and th- yeah. we just barely get this information like yeah, we're yeah. in march right now three months ago so this is like some new information so uh which kind of leads down uh to the path of december 20th um per exactly one year um after the david Faraday and betty lou jensen those first murders about you know the teenagers in the car um melvin belli actually gets a letter mailed to him the christmas letter the christmas letter let me bring that one up for you real quick. There is one. I I think this is the November 9th letter he sends to the San Francisco um, Chronicle. And really, like, you know, it's a lot of gibberish, but he does end with this. The police shall never catch me because I have been too clever for them. And it says, I look like the description passed out only when I do my thing. The rest of the time, I look entirely different. I shall not tell you what my desire... Hold on. Some of this shit. I'm reading it off of his, <laughs> his actual, actual writing. Uh, desire consists of when I kill, <laughs> slash... Oh, no, that's actually how he wrote it. Never mind. And then it says, number two, as of yet, I have left no fingerprints behind me. Uh, and then I don't know even what this is. That's Con- the oh, contrary to what the police say. So it's basically him saying, like, you guys don't have anything on me. Mm-hmm. So very, very cocky young man. Is that the one, too, like, where he talks about, like, the fingerprints as well? Like, where it's not, like, actually his fingerprints. Like, he uses, like, airplane. He has, a, he has a decoy fingerprint that he uses mm-hmm. to, like, get people on. Yeah, it's it's a, actually a two-part letter. But the I thought the second part was just kind of a more, like, in-your-face kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then December 20th, um, he actually writes Melvin Belli uh, saying, Dear Melvin, this is a Zodiac speaking. I wish you a happy Christmas with two S's. Mm-hmm. Please remember that because we're going to get in. That's a very important uh, part of his handwriting. Uh, the one thing I ask of you is this. Please help me. I cannot reach out for help because of the thing in me won't let me. I'm finding it extremely difficult to hold in check i am afraid i will lose control again and take my ninth and possibly tenth victim so at this point there's some he's admitting that there's some murders in between those previous five that we were talking about yeah Uh, so he's up to nine possibly ten victims that he's going to get into uh please help me i am drowning i am at the moment the children are safe from the bomb because it is so massive to dig in and the trigger mech please remember trigger mech because that comes into later requires much work to get it adjusted just right but if I hold back too long from no nine, I will lose complete. And then he crosses out complete. He's about to write complete. All control of myself and set up the bomb. Please help me. I cannot remain in control much longer. Zodiac. Okay. So this letter I've always thought was the only thing I find strange about this letter is I have this letter in front of me is the fact that he was going to write complete and then crosses it out. Crosses mm-hmm. it out. The the only reason I'm led to believe that this was him is because this is the Christmas card one, mm-hmm. and maybe he just didn't want to go buy another Christmas card, <laughs> and, and so he left that in there. But he seems like the kind of person that would create multiple versions of, of letters just mm-hmm. to throw people off. But maybe that was the one thing that's like, I don't want to go buy another one. 
I only bought one. <laughs> I got to make this one count. But on this one too, because like the website that I'm I'm getting this from, like they actually show like the envelope that it was sent to as well. Like he does this thing too, like where he puts like multiple stamps, like more postage than, than fucking necessary. Mm-hmm. Usually it's like two or three stamps, but on this one he puts like fucking six stamps on there. Like mm-hmm. you only have to do that like when you're sending fucking Patreon merch to fucking Nicole Smith Bosch <laughs> in South Africa. Like that's yeah, the only yeah. time you got to put like that much postage on it or whatever. But um, Zodiac kind of like gets like obsessed with Melvin Belli or the closet or one of the Zodiacs or whatever, mm-hmm. um, where he starts calling him um, on his phone. And the mo- again, the movie does a good job of showing this or whatever. Um, Melvin's not there um, when he's- when His he call- maid opens it, right? Yeah, his maid actually answers. Uh, Melvin's like on some trip to like Germany or Dusseldorf or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the maid, you know, talks to, you know, the police officer and says like, yeah, he says like, you know, it's his birthday. He really needs to talk to Melvin Belli. Um, and then they actually contact, you know, the police actually contact the FBI. They actually put um, a bug on Melvin Belli's phone because, you know, Zodiac was like calling him or Zodiac was calling him. And what actually ends up happening is, is they trace it like we were talking about earlier. You know, they trace it to a mental hospital to this guy uh, called Eric Weil, who was like a fucking uh, photographer, like a a music photographer that, you know, like, you know, the Internet does like this whole deep dive on him where like, you know, he would show up like where like the Rolling Stones were playing and like he would like find himself like on stage, like taking pictures of like, you know, Mick Jagger. And he's not like he doesn't have any credentials, but like somehow he like finds his way on stage. He gets like all like obsessive, like with people and whatnot. Uh, But he actually like finds himself like in this mental hospital and, you know, finds himself obsessed with Melvin Belli, who was the fucking, you know, attorney for the Rolling Stones. Mm -hmm. Pretty interesting little twist there that's mm-hmm. kind of open for interpretation i do so what What do you think there like what do you think is happening here so like, i kind of like left equal weight into like okay it wasn't the zodiac uh-huh. and then it actually being the zodiac and then i kind of lean into it like okay maybe it was just this eric wild guy and then like zodiac again with the 340 character cipher he says straight up it wasn't him um, but he kind of, you see this like with Zodiac's letters, like where he like does like these fake like trails for the police to follow while yeah. he goes off he, and kills somebody else. I don't think we talked about it, but on that, on the, uh, letter that he sends to the police where he wants to pick off the kitties, mm-hmm. he also puts out some very like intricate diagrams to creating bombs, Correct. which never really, nothing happens of them, but they are bombs that would work and they're mm-hmm. very intricate. Again, not something some dummy could just put together. Some like off the street. <laughs> yeah, like they, they're very intricate bombs. So, hey, which really side note, I don't know if we're, we'll talk about it maybe a little bit. I don't think there's much here to talk about, but a lot of people do think that the Unabomber and the Zodiac could have been the same I person. I saw that, yeah. So, because I mean, Ted Kaczynski also was like very into fucking coded like letters and shit. Yeah. And like Berkeley, not that far away, was one of his like stomping grounds for. Mm-hmm. For Ted Kaczynski, so. In that Vallejo area. Yeah. Um, but the thing that kind of, like, swayed it to me, believing that it wasn't, you know, Zodiac or one of the Zodiacs, was that, you know, the two survivors, um, David Faraday, or not David Faraday, um, I have it written down here. Um, Brian Hartnell, I'm sorry. 
Um, and two of the operators like that, you know, answered like the calls that, you know, they admitted to the murders of the first five. Um, they actually like compared it like to the voice that they heard, like on the, the AM San Francisco show to, you know, the phone conversations that went to Melvin Belli and to what they heard. And they said, nah, that does not sound like how that guy sounded, which once we get into like the suspects, they actually identify one of the main suspects is like, oh yeah, that was absolutely his voice that I heard. So this is the part that leads me to believe that. So this is kind of where I start to think that there were two Zodiac killers. One that, you know, I think next episode we'll get into more of like the names and why, but I do think that this one is definitely the one that, that, uh, I think a lot of people think that it is. I don't know. We'll talk about it, but yeah. I do think that put a pin on this one, and we'll remember this for next episode because yeah, it it uh it makes me think that one of them is a little more into the spotlight than the other ones. So. Correct. Yeah, one kind of just plays the background because, like we said in the first episode, that you go down one rabbit hole about one suspect, and you're like, oh my god, slam dunk. This is who it is. It's like the Vincent Brothers case or whatever. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, there's no way that like, it cannot be him. And then, like, one major thing will be, like, it's, like, all the blood doesn't match or the fingerprint doesn't match or fucking, you know, the saliva DNA thing doesn't match. So it's, like, like that's where I come into it, too, where it's just, like, maybe it's multiple people, like, coming together. Yeah, no, I, I maybe multiple people. I, 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 I got to believe that at least the murders and all the weird shit that's actually happening, I think it's just two people. I think if there's, like, phone calls and like whatever it may be like all the more like kind of bsy things mm-hmm. or like people just saying like yeah it was me like then i think that that's probably like hundreds of people yeah but definitely i think that there's two and there's two that i kind of i'm pretty sure that I, I i'm willing to bet like my gut that those are like the two that actually did this shit and if it's the same two i'm thinking of i'm I right there it, with you i think it probably is <laughs> yeah so tune into episode three but Zodiac doesn't write for about four months. He waits till about April 20th. Um, he writes again to the San Francisco. Four twenty. Yeah. <laughs> and like those dates, like when you really look at those dates, remember I was talking about like the first episode, like a lot of people were talking about, oh, it's a gun symbol. And then like other people were talking about, um, you know, it's, it's, it's the watch symbol or whatever. A lot of that to me is just like, oh, like the Zodiac. This is some astrology bullshit. This mm-hmm. is like, I'm looking in the newspaper. Which I'm looking at my horoscope. People thought, like, is he choosing these people based on astrology astrology signs? Like, what is, why is he choosing these people? There was a mm-hmm. theory, and they talk about it in the movie for like a brief moment, um, where they say like the water theory. Like, they think of, they say like, have you heard of the water theory? He's like, no, what are you talking about? And then they don't really talk about it. Like Aquarius yeah. and Pisces and shit like that. Well, those first murders happened close to a lake. And then the lake, um, Ari... Berryessa? Ari Vesa, yeah. Like, that one was by a lake. The one of them was close to Water Street. The one that was, like, Washington and Maple. Like, the other street was Water Street. Like, people just think that there was something relating to water in, in, in these murders. But that's kind of a more of a fringe theory. I just wanted to throw that out there. Not not the most. Which I, I don't want to even say that's fringe theory because there was something to it because there's a definite connection to it. And then, like, there's some other cases that we'll get into later on. Like, where it's just, like, it's down by a beach, you know? It's just, like, yeah. there's something to it. Same thing with the dates. Like, these aren't just, like, random dates, like, fucking August 8th or whatever. Like, you see, we made a joke of it, April 20th. That's very much fucking, like, 
fucking 420. Yeah. It's also Hitler's fucking birthday. And one of them was 4th of July. Yeah. And one was like really close to um, Christmas. Christmas. It's like Kwanzaa. Like, I mean, they're not the most like. <laughs> Even like on the 20th, which gets into like, you know, like he was saying that one of the phone calls um, to, to swing the pendulum back to, you know, that caller on the AM San Francisco. He was calling into Melvin Belli saying that, like, I need to talk to him. It's my birthday. And it was, like, December 18th. Oh, wow. Or December 20th. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. So, which leads into one of the suspects' actual birthday. Oh. <laughs> so, everything here, like, even, like, some of the victims, like, their birthdays, he writes into the San Francisco Chronicle on those people's birthdays. So, it's, like, something, to me, like, horoscope-wise, like, it's just, like, he's, he's obsessed with this. It's, like, to me, it's, like, a driver for his method mm-hmm. to his madness. But like I said, April 20th, he writes again to the San Francisco Chronicle. He's saying, this is the Zodiac speaking. By the way, have you cracked my last cipher I sent you? My name is, and then he sends like a, like a 13 character cipher to this day still has not been found or decracked or decoded. I'm mildly serious as to how much money you have on my head now. I hope you do not think that I was the one who wiped out that blue meanie with a bomb at the cop station, even though I talked about killing school children with one. It just wouldn't do too it wouldn't do to move on someone else's territory. But there is more glory in killing a cop than a kid, and he spells kid wrong with a C. Because a cop can shoot back. I have killed ten people to date. I would have been it would have been a lot more except that my bus bomb was a dud. I was swamped out by the rain we had a while back. The new bomb setup is like this. And then he sends in another bomb diagram, which mm-hmm. you look at it like like on YouTube videos of like bomb experts and shit. It like checks out like as a very like reasonable bomb that can do some damage. And just to uh, point something out, he talks about shooting a cop. And there was a cop shooting at this time about a Correct. cop that was just sitting in, in his patrol car. And someone went up to him and just shot him. Mm-hmm. So again, not a confirmed Zodiac, but pretty fucking close to like just saying like yeah could have been the zodiac and like the film again the film the film kind of makes reference to it where like oh he it could be just him like adopting you know somebody else's work uh-huh. but like i look back on like that time period we're talking about like 69 70 where you really got to do some work to get like all of this information so either like he is the killer or like he is like a fucking news junkie because you can't just like walk down the street or you know go on your fucking laptop or tablet or whatever and pull up like fucking Washington Post. Like you really have to go to a specific place to get all these news sources because all these fucking murders and you know bombs going off and stuff they happen like in all these different areas. So it's got to be somebody that's a fucking news junkie. Yeah, yeah. No, they, well we know or the killer. We know they read the like Examiner and the Chronicle. Like we know they're reading the newspaper. Um, but, but it seems like they know too much. Like that whole cop thing, like Mm -hmm. about police and the fact that he's not willing to like take, take responsibility for other ones. Like it seems like he, I don't know. I I think he, I think his body count, I know that later on we'll get into it, Uh but he like later on talks about how he, his body count was at 37 Mm -hmm. and like, you know, most of those are unaccounted for and like. But we only know he had to give us the first one to like be like, hey, by the way, I did that other one. You guys still haven't figured that one out. So like, maybe like, yeah. I mean, the guy seems to like not give a fuck about telling people like how many he's done. So and not only that, like, okay, you look at 
like how he signs like the end of like all of these letters, he always puts like a count, like San Francisco PD zero. And then like whatever you say, I believe like in this letter, he says he killed 10 people. He always gives them like a scorecard. So he has like this beef, like with police officers. So it wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past him that he walked up and shot that dude in the back of the head. There's also on this same letter, there's like a little like postcard, at like a little sticky note almost at the bottom. And it just says, go back. And that's all it says with an exclamation oh, wow. mark. Yeah, it's it's not part of the letter, but he just kind of like put a little piece of paper in there to just go back in like all caps with an exclamation mark. Damn, that's crazy. I didn't even see that. See, yeah. there's like so much to it. This is why this is like a yeah. three-part fucking episode and it, shit. And that might be a clue to solving that that cipher, but I'm dumb, so I'm not going to so I'm not going to sit here and try to solve that. <laughs> you and the rest of the world because <laughs> nobody else has been able to solve it, which is like in my mind, I was thinking like, oh, it's, it's shorter. It should be easier to solve. But like a lot of people were talking about like, no, it's actually harder to solve because you can't go, you know, further within the cipher to get like, you know, patterns or clues or whatever. So the shorter it is, like it's fucking harder it is to solve and shit. Yeah, I, so. I bet. It's like one of those things that like, like one of the, they talk about in the movie, like the double continents, consonants, like the double L's, like we know he's going to say kill. So if you look for two things back to back, very interesting. Yep. So again, uh, eight days later, he sends another uh, letter, uh, April 28th. Uh, he sends it again to the San Francisco Chronicle. And it's a it's another card. It's like one of those like, you know, $1 like com- comedy cards where it says, sorry to hear your ass is a dragon. And it's, you know, these this wizard like, you know, riding a dragon like with a sad face. And it says, I hope you enjoy yourselves when I have my blast. And blast is like over the top written on there. Uh-huh. P.S. on the back. If you don't want me to have this blast, you must do two things. One, tell everyone about the bus bombs with all of the details. I would like to see some nice Zodiac buttons wandering about town. Everyone else has these buttons like the peace sign, black power, Melvin eats blubber, etc. Well, it would cheer me up considerably if I saw a lot of people wearing my button. Please no nasty one like Melvin, though. Thank you, <laughs> Zodiac. <laughs> uh, I so like I really love that in in the movie. The um, they kind of gloss over it in the movie a little bit. Yeah, in in the movie he's wearing a Zodiac pin. I don't know if you later on they bring it up. Like, um, they also have those other pins, the ones that say like I'm. What's the news reporter? Oh, Paul Avery. Yeah, like the ones that say I'm not Paul Avery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. I think that's like too like where like I'm a big like metal fan or whatever, and I've always wanted to have like one of those like um like denim vest or whatever, like with like all the buttons like Motorhead and Iron Maiden or whatever. Like maybe this is like the fucking genesis of like that fucking outfit right there. That yeah, probably like I don't know. It, it's it's fucking weird. Like the fact that he's this like close to like the police and like just giving them clues i guess they're clues we don't really even know if they're like really clues but fucking interesting interesting as hell man yeah so uh, he kind of lays out for a while because that was like on april 28th so it goes to june 26th where he actually gives us another letter uh again to the san francisco chronicle and i was i i went down that rabbit hole where i was just like why just the chronicle or whatever right um but i guess like there was certain you know like we mentioned paul avery he was like who, who plays uh, played by Robert Downey Jr. in the mover, movie. Um, I guess they were the ones that were, like, monitoring it the closest. It was also, too, like, the biggest paper um, in San Francisco at the time. Um, somebody, like, on one of the podcasts I was uh, listening to, you know, that actually they were in San Francisco. Like, 
LA, they have like the LA Times, Washington DC, they have the, you know, <laughs> the Washington Times, New York, New York Times and so on. Like every every city like has like that staple newspaper. Bakersfield, we have the Bakersfield Californian. San Francisco at that time really didn't have like its newspaper, but at that time like the Chronicle was kind of like barely like the champion of that city that's why initially like you had like the examiner and then like another like newspaper like that was getting like a letter at the beginning but eventually it just all kind of went to the chronicle because it was just like they were the most circulated at that time uh paper plus paul avery and a couple other journalists at time they were the ones like actually giving like the most exposure to him so Mm. he kind of like feeding into like that narcissism that you kind of see like with like most serial killers like they that's why he kept like writing into the, like the chronicle and shit so yeah 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 but are you doing the uh july 24th one is that did you just do which one are you on right now july 26th so, oh, okay yeah so he says this is zodiac speaking i become i have become very upset with people of the san francisco bay area they have not complied with my wishes for them to wear some nice zodiac buttons i promised to punish them if they did not comply by annihilating a full school bus but now school is out for the summer, so I punished them in another way. I shot a man sitting in a parked car with a thirty-eight. San Francisco PD, zero. Zodiac, 12. The map coupled with this code will tell you where the bomb is set. You have until next fall to dig it up. And then he gives us another cipher and like a, like a map of like the Bay Area with like a, a little uh, code on it and shit. Oh, fucking crazy, man. That was July 26th? July 26th. Oh, 1970? Yes. Okay, so there's a July uh, 24th, 1970. The one that's also like, this is the Zodiac speaking. I'm rather unhappy because you people will not wear my, and the, the little trigger button, the little Zodiac button. Oh, yeah, yeah. I totally skipped over that. Yeah, no, it's, it's all right. So he's like, so now I have a little list. Starting with the woman I gave a, and her baby a, um, baby that I gave a rather interest, interesting ride for a couple of hours. However, one evening a few months back that ended in a in my burning of her car. And that I is not them. and that is not art being a bad reader. This is literally how that letter is yeah. like fucking written. He's so fucking bad. And, and I'm reading it off of his like handwriting. Like his handwriting is like pretty shitty. It like squishes words together it like gives other words a lot of space it's mm-hmm. fucking wild how it's written yeah so uh, we were talking about this before we um actually started recording um this is like one of those like ones where it, again it could be the zodiac it also could not be the zodiac um where it was this lady um kathleen johns who was abducted march 22nd of 1970 um up in the modesto tracy area yeah i mean he claims that it is him, and essentially, if you watch the movie, it's in there, but basically, he goes up to this woman flashing his lights at her, basically saying, hey, your tire looks kind of wobbly. Let me go ahead and tighten that up for you. He goes, he basically loosens all the all the lug nuts off of the vehicle, and as she's driving away, the tire just pops off, and like he's like, oh, it must have been worse than, it, than I thought it was. Tells her, like, I'll take you to the nearest, like, auto repair i guess like back then like service stations. service stations like yeah gas stations were essentially there was like a technician on duty at all time or something anyways he takes her he says that he's gonna take her he basically starts telling her like oh it's a shame that like i'm gonna have to kill you and your baby now and she starts freaking out and he makes he's gonna make like a u-turn and kind of has to do a three-point turn while he's doing the three-point turn she jumps out 
runs into like this like bushy area and just lays there flat so he can't find her and so he doesn't make a big scene he like he's just like oh fuck and he just drives away and then eventually like you know a truck driver's passing by and he she flags him down and like she's safe but she definitely has the most like time with mm-hmm. with the zodiac quote unquote i'm using bunny ear quotes here because we don't know but if we're led to believe that that was a Zodiac, then she definitely has the most time and the most like knowledge of what he sounds like, looks like, smells like, what he drives, how he drives, like you know, so much information. Yeah, because it was like something like what, like two hours, like she said that like he was, she was in the car because he kept like passing like service stations and shit. Yeah. So, I mean, this is one of those things that like we don't even know if this was the Zodiac. Mm-hmm. I kind of like. I don't know. I, I kind of want to say the opposite of like, I kind of want to say that this one wasn't the Zodiac because he's almost claiming that it is his. <laughs> and like with the phone calls, I feel like maybe he was scared that he was going to get caught with the tracing. And that's why he's like, that wasn't me. But like with this one, it's just like, oh, there's going to be like so much fucking bad information out there. And there but, was like another questionable letter out there that um, is not confirmed. I didn't add it to the list. Um, that came out before this like incident. Like I said, there was like these long breaks in between like letters and then like events with like killings and abductions and shit like this would happen where he says like, Oh, you guys are, you know, inadequate at your job. I'm going to start making things looking like, look like an accident um, to throw you off. So you'll never catch me. And then that's where you see like the kill count go up. Um, that's like why I kind of think it might be the Zodiac or one of the Zodiacs. Um, but also too, the lady kind of like, because there's like an interview, I believe like in 1998, like where she sits down with like a journalist at De- at a Denny's and they're like talking about it. Um, like when, you know, when the police come and pick her and the baby up and whatnot, um, she's, they don't even, it's, they're not even going down the train of thought that this was a Zodiac. They're just thinking like, oh shit, it was fucking a, an abduction, like a random abduction, a failed robbery, if you will. Mm-hmm. And she kind of like looks up and you know sees the police sketch you know from the you know Paul Stein murder from the kids he looks up at that and he goes oh shit that was the guy and the biggest problem like i have with that is that again to reference like the Richard Ramirez like sketch and 99% of all the other ske- you know you know that like one like news reporter like he's reporting like there's a murderer on the loose and it's like that black dude and it looks just like him it looks just like him or whatever yeah. that's like the biggest problem i have like with police sketches or whatever and then not only that, but like the Zodiac sketch, it looks like every fucking like middle-aged every white dude. malt shop memory looking motherfucker with like big frame glasses and white guy haircut. Correct. Like at that time, like it looks yeah. like, like this is also the guy that shot JFK. Yeah. Like it's just like the biggest problem with it. So it's just like, it's like your everyday fucking like white dude. She looks up at the fucking sketch and says, oh yeah, that was the guy. It was the Zodiac. And then this like psychiatrist on one of the podcasts like I was listening to is like, oh, the mind has a way of like trying to find a conclusion. So if like you say that's the guy, everything that she knew about the Zodiac, because at this time, like the Zodiac's like in the paper, like all the time, like people are active, like the the police are actively looking for this dude. It's in the media all the time. Your mind starts to wrap yourself around like, okay, this is the dude and kind of like morphs your memory into like, this is what happened to fit that narrative that this was the Zodiac. So that's like, kind of like where I kind of like, uh, was it because I, I don't know. I don't know for sure because it doesn't match up to what 
he did like for sure, for sure with the first five murders. Yeah. And then some of the possible murders and disappearances that we'll get into later. Yeah. Yeah. This one was really strange. I think he was just taking credit for this one. Mm -hmm. And again, like I said earlier there, if you think about it as if there's two Zodiac killers, one that is like full on killing for like Zodiac purposes. Like he believes that he's influenced by the moon or whatever. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and then there's the one that says, like, I am, like, egocentric. Like, I call myself the Zodiac because I wear a Zodiac watch. Yeah, I wear a bib with my logo on it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, if there's those two dudes and they're both kind of competing for, like, who's the real Zodiac, um, I think that this one was either saw that story and goes, God damn it, that's got to be my case. Or maybe it was one of the two and, like, hmm. want to take credit for it. But, I don't know. Very interesting at that point where I'm just like, if I was a detective on this, I'd be like, dude, I don't know what the fuck is going on anymore. Or two, I mean, we're thinking of it like black and white terms, like where it's just like his MO is this, that, and or the other, and he doesn't deviate at all. We talked about it like with Yadera, like with the Richard Ramirez thing, where like he let like some of the gr- the children go. Like maybe like that, like he had a line. Like, yeah, yeah, maybe. And maybe because, you know, she was pregnant at that time, 10 months pregnant, and she had like a one-year-old baby with her at that time or close to one-year-old. And maybe that just was his line, children, which you know, when we get into the suspects, like maybe he just had like that affinity towards children where it's just like, I can't murder this person. Well, in the movie, they do bring up one of the things that he tells her, and it's the opening line of when they're where she's getting into his car and he's like, oh, you have a baby? And she's like, yeah, is that a problem? He's like, no, the more the merrier. And then it's just like, like, yeah, I mean, this guy, I don't know if like he changed his mind at that point, but uh, yeah, I mean, something weird happened there. Like there's definitely, if that one wasn't the Zodiac killer, then that was definitely another serial killer or some weird shit that was going Mm -hmm. on in the San Francisco area. Possibly. And maybe that just was his line or whatever, but I misspoke earlier when I said that one letter was from July 26th. It was actually from June 26th. This is the actual July 26th letter. I'm not going to read the whole fucking thing because it's like fucking six pages long or something ridiculous like that. Uh, But basically, he's still mad that there aren't any buttons out there in the San Francisco Bay Area. He kind of begs and pleads like, hey, I'll just settle for any buttons. And he goes into like this great detail of like how he's going to like torture his slaves. Like once he dies and goes to paradise. And it kind of reminds me of like the opening, like lines from like the method man song, like on the 36 (laughs) chambers where he's like, I'm going to sew you fucking asshole shut and keep feeding you and feeding you. Cause like there is some shit in there like that, like where he goes into like great deal about torture. And it's just like, God damn, like this could be the beginning of a method man song. (laughs) But, um, he, um, he uh, also quotes um, like a passage from like this play called the Mikado. Um, and he also says, P.S. Mount Diablo code concerns radian radians and inches. So like I mentioned earlier with that other uh, with that map, um, it had like this weird code on there where like you had to set it magnetic north and like had like this this code on it. And I guess like once he gave that clue um, in 1981, p- people found that if you placed um, a radiant angle over the map with that that key that he gave you. Um, it would point into locations of two future Zodiac um, attacks. So, like, that was pretty creepy in itself that, you know, he was giving, you know, foreshadowing two attacks that he was going to go down mm-hmm. in this that, that letter. Um, what, ye- what was that one? What- uh, July 26th. 
What's what's the next one? Is it the October twenty seventh? Uh, October fifth. Oh, okay, I'm on the wrong one. I think October twenty seventh is like super interesting. But let me go. Oh, I don't have that one. October fifth. You know what? And then October fifth. I don't have this in my notes, but the website that I'm using, um, zodiackiller.com, um, they kind of say this may or may not be a zodiac letter. Uh, but basically, what it is, it's kind of like a telegram with thirteen uh, hole punches. And it's supposed to represent, you know, 13 killings because he gives himself another score. San Francisco Police, zero, uh, Zodiac, 13. And he says, Dear Editor, you'll hate me, but I've got to tell you, the pace isn't any slower. In fact, it's just one big 13. And he does a big 13 and gives himself a score. Uh, Some of them have fought. It was horrible. Zodiac. And then it says, upside down, P.S., there are reports... Reporters in the city police pig cops are closing in on me. Fuck, but he spells it FK, which is important later on. Uh, I'm crack proof. What is the price tag now? Interesting. Yeah. Um. So the the next one, I guess, would be October 27, 1970. That's the big Paul Avery one. Yes. And this is the one that I, I think is really interesting because this one is like a cipher within a puzzle within like a Halloween card. Uh, it's basically a Halloween card, the little skeleton with like a pumpkin over his crotch. Giving the like, uh, the white okay, power. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Symbol with the number 14 in his hand. Um, and next to that, it says by fire, by gun, by knife, by rope. And then it's the words paradise and slaves in a cross symbol. Um, from your secret pal, I feel it in my bones. You ache to know my name, so I'll clue you in. And then, like, it goes to the other side. I assume you would flip it over. Mm -hmm. On the flipped over side, it has another skeleton. It says 14, like the number four and teen. But then why spoil the game? And that's kind of blocked out a little bit. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. And then a strange symbol here that we have not encountered before. It, it's hard to explain, but it almost looks like the an F with a Z with four little dots around it, and then the letter Z next to that one with the regular traditional Zodiac symbol. The, these other symbols we've never encountered before, and it's that's why I think that maybe this motherfucker like, I like was giving away something here with those three symbols back to back to back. And I looked up that first symbol, like that weird FZ looking one with the dots or whatever. Uh-huh. I guess that's supposed to be like the sign of Taurus, like another oh, thing of the Zodiac. So, the Zodiac, yeah. But um, the hor- like that horoscope sign or whatever. So I think that's what that is. And then there, you can barely see it in some images, but it says peekaboo, you are doomed, which is like a like a straight up like shot at fucking Paul Avery, like, you, like giving him a forewarning, like, hey, I'm coming after you. Mm-hmm. Also, there's a bunch of eyeballs in that in that picture like some of them make sense they're part of like a tree like you know there's like an owl in the tree i guess mm-hmm. but there's a bunch of eyeballs and then there's some eyeballs that are just kind of floating in space as well there's just four eyeballs that are just there yeah that he drew in huh yeah that are just don't really make sense but also could be part of the puzzle very interesting very interesting fellow yes and um it's about this time too well paul avery justifiably he gets fucking freaked out right so he starts carrying a gun he gets a gun permit from like the chief of police and then like you mentioned earlier that's like where everybody starts like in the newspaper starts wearing those buttons saying not avery Uh Um, but this around this time as well where um avery receives like an anonymous letter letter um from um 
an anonymous source, and I couldn't find this letter. Like, strangely enough, we have every single fucking Zodiac fucking letter yeah. on file and shit, but we can't find the Paul Avery uh, Riverside uh, letter. But um, he gets an anonymous tips um, saying that, hey, there's some similar similarities to a, a certain murder that happened in Riverside uh, back on October 30th, 1966. So to going back to what I was saying with, like, the whole dates and shit, and, like, even, like, the, the letter to um, Belli, you know, where it was one year after, you know, the David Faraday and, you know, the, the the teenagers' deaths. You know, October 30th of 66, there was a murder in Riverside, California. Another one of those that's, like, very much around Halloween, Halloween Correct. Eve. And that's the one that you're you're talking about, that girl. Um, Sherry, Sherry Joe Bates, right? Yeah. And, like, send not san diego where was she at she riverside. was in riverside sorry <laughs> yeah and like it's basically on campus right riverside city college the the attack happens on campus the attack is very aggressive with a knife by knife to us to an attack that you know he would do mm-hmm. um similar knife similar weapon similar a lot of things are similar about this no sexual assault just very no robbery just very much to the point, killing and like leaving, and I I think I think it sounds like it could be it. Like if you want to go ahead and just link this one on there, it's possible. I think so, um, because I was trying to give weight on both sides. Like, okay, maybe it's some bullshit, maybe it's not. Um, but this is why I think now I now I got to change my mind about the whole fucking uh, the Kathleen Johns one. Where, like, it's, he fucks with a car. Like, so, uh, Sherry Jo Bates, she's in the library. She's there pretty much until closing. Um, and then they look at, like, her car and, like, the distributor cap. Like, one of the wires is, like, pulled out. So, like, whoever murdered her, like, pulled out the fucking, you know, dis- one of the wires out of the distributor cap. So, the car can't fucking start. She goes to start her car. He comes up to her and says, like, oh, like, I see your car's not starting. Let me try to fix it can't fix it like oh hey let me go ahead and give you a fucking you know ride home my car's just down the street and as they're walking to the car you know and all this is documented because there's there's letters that are being sent so the the killer whoever the killer is zodiac or not uh states all this um says that while they're walking to their car he says to her like it's about time she says it's about time for what and she says, it's about time you die, you know, and she goes into like this graphic t- detail about, you know, grabbing her breast and her warm and all this, you know, fucking crazy shit or whatever. And, you know, her body's found like the next day, like in between like these two abandoned buildings uh, that, you know, the college was going to tear down and fucking, you know, make, you know, other bungalows and shit for classes and whatnot. Um, but um, two letters are sent um, November 29th, 1969, um, to the Riverside PD and to the Riverside Press Enterprise, which was like the big newspaper at that time in Riverside, California. Um, there were typewritten confessions, details, detailing the murder that with details that weren't available to the public at that time. You know, it's as I was as I was thinking about that one, and I hadn't even thought about the whole like the fact that it's called Riverside. It's like another water thing or whatever. Correct. I was like, God damn it, like it kind of fits too. Like it fits to those like water, like symbolism, symbolism. And like mm-hmm. the murder was the same. And like the letters were sent, like it's pretty eerily similar. And then again, like we mentioned, it's around a holiday too. So like, you know, with all the other ones, 4th of July, Christmas, 
this one happens like right on Halloween and shit. Yeah. So, but this one's a little bit different, like with the confession letter. And if we're going back to like 1966, you know, all these we're Quentin Tarantino and the shit out of this, like we're yeah, going yeah, back yeah. in time or whatever. Um, but you got to think like if you're just starting like your murder sprees, is this like one of your first like you know, uh, killings or whatever, like it makes sense that you wouldn't give your handwriting out right away. Like you would do this on a typewriter. Um, but I guess they were able to figure out what typewriter that, you know, printed this letter out. And there's a very specific font to this typewriter too, that they actually figure out. It was actually, uh, printed on a Royal typewriter. Um, and there was actually a fingerprint lifted, uh, from the envelope and it was actually, they used, um, a specific font. What is it? Damn it fucking have it right here uh but yeah, there's a specific font like it's not like Arial or times roman uh-huh. or whatever but it was a very specific font that he used uh but he goes in like this very very fucking detailed um and we'll read the letter because it's like fucking you know three pages long about how he killed her um and then in december of 66 they actually find you know that poem um like i said you know that college was getting ready to um to renovate and they find like you know scribble or carved I want to say into or the desk into the desk a poem called "Sick of Living, Unwilling to Die," and it has a lot of like similarities to like a lot of things like Zodiac would say, um, but this time more poetic where he says, "Cut clean if red, clean, blood spurting, dripping, spilling all over her new dress. Oh well, it was red anyway. Life draining into an uncertain death. She won't die. This time someone." And it has like two slashes. Find her. Just wait till next time. And then it has the initials RH. That was fucking him, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, not to like Quentin Tarantino this shit even further back, but one of the ones that always kind of gets like brushed under the rug is another cab killing. The uh, killing of, uh, let's see if I have his name. Uh, even I didn't. Re- oh, Ray Davis. Ray Davis, age twenty-seven. Very similar to the famous one, the one that happens in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Basically, shot from the back of the head um, with a twenty-two. Everything is identical to that other one. You know, the shooting, the gun, the everything is just super similar. It happened late at night. Um, no, nothing was taken. No money was taken. It was basically just a killing to kill, and like that's basically it so a lot of people think that this was possibly his first victim because this one happens in 1962 oh wow so it's very early on to and what city was this in uh let me look up the city really quickly oh i was gonna say this doesn't even make sense like because it doesn't fit I, I was literally gonna tell you this doesn't make sense because it doesn't have a water theme in it oh shit the city is oceanside california <laughs> oh fuck it <laughs> cannot get more spot on than that <laughs> fuck Oh man, wow. but yeah, it's in Oceanside, California. Yes, <laughs> fuck. I, wow, <laughs> that's Zodiac. Man, yeah, wow. that's Zodiac. I am at a loss for words. Yeah, blew my mind a little bit. Um, but to go back to the whole fucking Sherry Joe Bates one, um, that desk, they actually analyzed the handwriting on the desk, and this was like kind of like in a gray area for a while until they did like the handwriting analysis, and the the handwriting on that desk actually matches a lot of the letters um, that were sent in, you know, in 1969 and 70 to the Chronicle. So in, in my mind, yes, again, a lot of similarities, Riverside, fucks with a car, you know, you know, uh, switching baits, you know, the girl, you know, about helping her and whatnot. 
Uh, so it kind of fits the description a lot too. And then along with your lines with the Oceanside thing, like, wow, that's fucking crazy. It, it is crazy. Like it's these, a cabbie again. A cabbie in Oceanside, California. Really like, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to see if there's Zodiac. Yeah, I mean, like this is before the Zodiac Killer was like blowing up in the news. So this is kind of its own little thing that it's just like, he fucking probably did this one too. This is probably like early, early on wow. Zodiac. So, wow. I, I didn't even really know that much about this one until like I found this website, the, the ZodiacKiller.com. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which has like a lot of information. If you want to fuck, if you're not satisfied with the information you're getting from this podcast, like just go there and you'll find out everything you ever wanted to yeah, know fucking about the Zodiac it, Killer. It's, it's really well put together. Like um, You can tell that's somebody's passion project. Yeah, this is definitely someone's passion project. It, it's well put together. Tip my hat to this person. It looks like it's just like a one-man job here, but he's doing a good job putting it together. Uh, I, I want to make a joke about being in this fucking mom's basement with fucking hot Cheeto <laughs> fingers, but I won't because it's so well put together. It is well put together. Um, but April 30th, 1967, again, very fucking Zodiac-ish or whatever. Um, three letters are sent out. Uh, one to uh, Bates' dad, Joseph, uh, one to the Riverside um, Press Enterprise and one to the Riverside Police Department saying Bates had to die. There will be more. Very fucking Zodiac-ish. And it's signed with a Z. Well, two of the letters are signed with a Z. Um, but it's a weird Z. It kind of like has like a fucking like, you remember like that cholo haircut? Like where they're all bald, but like the but little bangs. be like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like just the bangs or whatever. I think uh, Vargas. Very that, 90s, but yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it kind of looks like that, like the Z. If it had like that cholo fucking bang haircut or whatever, right? I'll put that on the YouTube so you guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> but two of the letters have that. And some people actually think that that's actually a 32, which kind of when we next week, like when we go into the suspects, kind of fits that person's narrative like when you get into like numerology and shit which i don't believe in but for this case might have something yeah, to do yeah i don't with. believe in numerology either do you have the uh the valentine's day card that he sends out uh let me see it's the february 14th card 1974 uh yeah we could quentin tarantino and get into that one if you want oh just just because i thought this one was really strange it was just it just basically says um it says, near Mr. Editor, which I'm pretty sure is supposed to be saying, dear Mr. Editor, did you know that the initials, initial slay, slay bonus? I don't know. Uh, it's I'm reading it off of his, like, handwriting. Um, Liberation Army. Oh, Symbionese Liberation Army, yeah. Oh, okay. Do you have the actual one there, or are you reading his handwriting, too? Cause... Uh, I got the <laughs> the transcribed one. Oh, okay. Yeah, he says, did you know the initial slay, um, like Slayer, uh, Symbionese Liberation Army spells slaw, an old Norse word meaning kill, yeah. a friend. And then just, like, highlighted a friend. Yeah. Very nice of him to do that. Yeah, he's fucking, he's getting friendly on him and shit yeah. now. Um, but March 1371, uh, the LA times, uh, gets a letter. Let me see. March says, this is a Zodiac speaking. Like I have always said, I am crack proof. If the blue meanies are ever going to catch me, they had best get off their fat asses and do something because the longer they fiddle farting around, 
the more slaves I will collect in my for my afterlife. I do not have to give them credit for stumbling. I do have to give them credit for stumbling across my riverside activity, but they are only finding the easy ones. There are a hell of a lot more down there. The reason why I'm writing the Times is this: they don't buy, they don't bury me on back pages like some of the others do. San Francisco PD zero Zodiac seventeen plus. So this is him, like, fucking, again, we Quentin Tarantino the shit out of it. We visited, like, fucking the Riverside one. Uh, but this is, like, when Paul Avery, he sends, a, um, he gets he gets the anonymous tip, and he actually writes, like, a column, you know, previous to this, and then fucking Zodiac writes the fucking L.A. Times. Yeah, I mean, we know he listens to the Beatles now with his Blue Meanies reference. Exactly. Um, I feel like we kind of know his age group a little bit. Like we know like he was probably, I mean, what, what year is this? 1974? This 71. This 71. Um, I don't know. I just feel like, how old would you, someone who wrote that, someone who listens to the Beatles, it's the seventies at this point. The Beatles kind of blew up in the sixties. Yeah. The Beatles so, have been broke up now for like a year and a half now. So I would say that this dude's probably like in his mid thirties Yeah, at this point. Because he probably was a fan of them when they were like... On top of the world. Yeah. On top of rooftops and shit. Yeah. And now he's probably like in his mid-30s and he's like... Bitter at the remember, shit. Remember when we had good music? Back <laughs> then, the 70s suck. Yeah. Now all we got is fucking Crocodile Rock and fucking yeah. the Carpenters and yeah. shit. Fuck this shit, man. We need to bring <laughs> back the Beatles. Uh, but speaking of the Beatles, like I'm kind of glad you brought that up. Um, and I hate to bring him up again, but it kind of, it kind of like, I want to say, this is just me fucking creating situations in my head, but it kind of seemed like too, um, when you look at the timeline for like the Charles Manson murders and like the Charles Manson, like, uh, trials and whatnot, like with the family and whatnot, and you look at the dates and you look at the dates of like, you know, the important stuff that happened with like the Charles Manson murders and the press coverage Manson was getting at this time. In a way, it kind of feels like he's competing with Manson when it comes to fucking um, celebrity, if you will. Uh, because when you really look at like, yo, um, like a court date, like Manson goes like fucking ape shit in court one day and the press, they cannot stop covering it. Um, that The very next day, the Zodiac sends in this letter. Like everything that like Manson, it's like almost like they're playing like serial killer chess, if you will. Where it's just like he's kind of getting jealous and it's kind of like a, a SoCal versus NorCal fucking kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And it makes sense too, like when you think about it, because he says in this letter, like, you know, the, the March 13th letter, again, which is really close to fucking uh, St. Patrick's Day, uh, that he would send it to the LA Times because the LA area, like, it's all, at this time, it's like all about Charles Manson at this time. And just to kind of get like his fucking foot in the door, like, hey, I'm here too and I'm fucking still killing. Yeah, no, he he definitely loved the attention. Like, I don't know if any serial killer was going like this fucking like balls to the wall in like his serial killing. Wasn't um, Jeffrey Dahmer also active in this time same time period? No, that's more eighties. More eighties. Okay, I thought Jeffrey Dahmer was. But the seventies though, like when you think about it, like we 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 talked about it, like this is like we it's like becomes like the age of the serial killer. Yeah, Ted Bundy was like popping right popping here. right in the in the middle of all this. Like, yeah, fucking fucking seventies, man. We're due for another the another, Corona the <laughs> Corona murders. Ba- the Corona babies are gonna in about twenty years. I think we're gonna have some 
fucking serial killing ass baby. <laughs> Shout out to baby Archie. Uh, <laughs> you better keep an eye on that kid. Oh, yeah. He, I bought him a leash. Don't worry. One of those baby <laughs> leashes and shit. Yeah, uh, that might traumatize him. <laughs> Take him to Disneyland a lot. Uh, April 1st (laughs) Uh, but anyways uh, March 22nd um, this is the Sierra Club fucking postcard Um, I don't know if you have that one but um, Uh, I don't think I do okay so he sends in this postcard or it's not really a postcard it's like an advertisement for like these condominiums Um, and it says Sierra Club and then upside down like it's like clipped out it says around the snow and then he writes on the back of this, he says, peek through the pines, past Lake Tahoe area, Zodiac. And I don't know if you looked up this one, um, but it kind of it's in reference to uh, the Donna Lass uh, disappearance um, around September of 1970. So we're talking about like these gaps that Zodiac would have, like where he didn't write in. And then all of a sudden, like he would readdress them like later on, like with letters, like in March, addressing like the what inferring of the disappearance of Donna Lass, who was... Um, she was, um, a worker at, she was actually a nurse at the Sierra, uh, Sahara hotel, which is like a hotel by Lake Tahoe or whatever. And I think it was actually like the hotel, like we're fucking like Ellis Presley, like had a fucking residency at and shit. Oh damn. Yeah. So she was a nurse there, uh, who worked until 2 AM who treated her last patient at, um, uh, like one forty one forty five AM in the morning on, you know, September 6th of 1970. Later on that day, uh, her landlord and employer uh, received phone calls from a man saying that she left town on a family emergency, never to be seen again. And um, when the when they get this letter, you know, people start, you know, looking at like, oh, shit, what happened in Lake Tahoe? This is where they find, you know, this Donna last disappearance. And they actually find um, like a mock grave on the Sierra Club, which you go back to... Um, What's that fucking, um, that fucking, uh, where like George W. Bush and his family like have that fucking weird, um, creation of care? Oh, um, damn, I'm, I'm blanking out right now. God damn it. Um, <laughs> the oh, Moloch, the owl. Fuck. Uh, the funny thing is, I remember like the opposite side where it's like the Build a Bear group, but it's not that one. It's, um, Fucking, what's his name broke into it? Uh, I know, Alex Jones. Alex Jones broke into it. Keep talking, I'll find it. Yeah, fucking, anyway, so the Sierra Club is kind of like that. It's like this, like, uh, secret group or whatever. So it'd be like if they fucking had property or whatever. Uh, so the Sierra Club has this property, and they actually find, like, this mock grave on Sierra Club uh, property, and they do this whole big excavation because they think, like, oh, shit, this is where Donna Lass's body is at. And all they do, all they do is come up with it is like fucking buried sunglasses. Bohemian Grove. There you go, Bohemian <laughs> Grove. So Sierra Club is kind of like the Bohemian Grove, like which Northern California has like a lot of like these like wackadoo fucking uh, like secret clubs or whatever. Mm. So like Zodiac actually like fucking like they were thinking like bury this like a missing lady, but they only find like her sunglasses buried like on Sierra Club property. Man. Bohemian Grove, we covered that, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Um, yeah, that's fucking crazy, man. Like, honestly, some of these Zodiac things that I was aware of, like, they run deep. Like, there's definitely a lot more to this shit than, like, meets the eye. Or at mm-hmm. least he's letting people believe that there's more than than meets the eye here. Because some of this shit, I don't know if it's misdirection or, like, he's throwing out misinformation just to throw the police off. 
But there's definitely something to all this. And but there's a lot of connections to it. Like even like with that cab driver one from 62 yeah. you were talking about. Or it's just like, okay, it's a cab driver. It fucking happened in Oceanside. Yeah. Which leads into like the next thing I had written down, which was like the Santa Barbara murders, which you have these two teens, Robert Dominguez and his fiance, Linda Edwards, who, you know, they're on their uh, senior ditch day from high school. You know, they escape out to the Santa Barbara beach um, where they encounter a guy who fucking hog ties them, similar to the Lake Berryessa one, Dang, on the beach. that's him, dude. They fucking, some, the police assume that fucking, you know, they squirm out that the fucking, the ties were loose. Remember we were talking about that? You got yeah. really pissed off about the loose ties on, you know, uh, Brian Hartnell. Uh, they get loose. They run. He shoots them a couple times in the back and then puts them in this, like, fucking shed, like, on the beach. Like, I'm just going to assume it's like a, a changing station or something like that you know, uh, that Santa Barbara had before, you know, they had like all this nice Spanish tiles out there, <laughs> but they've, you know, they find their bodies like in the shed. Um, and he tries to unsuccessfully burn it down, but it has all the, like you were saying, like with the cab driver, like it has all the markings. It's by a body of water. It's two teenagers fucking, you know, doing something naughty that they shouldn't be doing. Like the, you know, the, um, the, the, the lady that was having an affair with, uh, the, the 19 year old. Yeah. Um, you know, by skipping school and whatnot. So he's going to punish him, hog ties him. Like it just has all the fucking makings of a Zodiac. You know, it's funny on one of the letters, he mentions by knife, by gun, by rope and by fire. There you and go. And it was none of them had anything to do with fire until you mentioned this one here. Correct. Very interesting. So it just keeps opening, <laughs> opening itself <laughs> up. Um, and then I think this is where like I landed as like his official last letter uh, to the press. Um, there's like five others after this, but I didn't write them down just because like they're dubious at best. There's none of the fucking... Oh, is this the exorcist one? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is the one I'm going to land on as the final Zodiac letter, but again, there are other Zodiac letters after this, and I'll say quote-unquote Zodiac letters, but like it just doesn't have the same feel, and they haven't been confirmed as Zodiac letters. Plus, once we get into like the suspects next week, it kind of fits the narrative a little bit more. Uh, but on January 29th, 1974, um, I saw and think The Exorcist was the best satirical comedy that I have ever seen, which I have to agree with him on. Like, we, we talked about <laughs> it. Like, once we get into, like, those paranormal fucking episodes, like, the first time I saw The Exorcist, like, as a child, like, I laughed at the end. So mm. maybe there's a little bit of Zodiac in me. I don't know. Maybe There's maybe, a little bit of Zodiac in all of us, just yeah. like Eminem. There's a little bit of Eminem in all of yes, us. right in the left ventricle. Th this is the Zodiac speaking. This My name is the Zodiac. My name is Slim Shady. I'm starting to put the dots together. Oh, the shit. Eminem might be the Zodiac. Holy shit. A lot it's not Ted them. Cruz? Not Ted Cruz. <laughs> Dude, Ted Cruz, I can't even make that joke, man. Ted Cruz is such a pussy that I don't even want to associate the Zodiac to like any uh, to anything lame like Ted Cruz. Not only that, like at least Zodiac kind of tells the truth on himself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Ted Cruz has like a history of like even this morning, like he was lying about how like the the COVID relief bill is gonna send like money to fucking illegal aliens. Oh yeah, I saw that. And he got fucking owned because of like how and like it's I work in the government. Like, there's no way illegal aliens can get COVID relief money because they don't have fucking social security numbers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if they steal someone's social security number, it's going to go to that person. Yeah, like, they called him out like 10 seconds later, and then he was like, wait, can I have a minute to respond to that? And it was like, like, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Ted Cruz. Fuck your click you claim, too. <laughs> Very true. I, I can't stand that guy. Dude, just, I, I don't want to, like, body shame anyone or anything like that shit. I'm no Brad Pitt, but 
just seeing that guy's fucking face, man. That guy has one of the most punchable faces that like I could ever imagine. Yeah, he's no way he could be a Zodiac either because that, that fucking drawing of him like looks a lot sexier. than It looks more yeah. like Marshall Mathers than it does Ted Cruz. Yeah, there's a whole other theory saying that the real Zodiac killer was Bernie Sanders, and I was like, that's interesting. Now that is interesting because that kind of looks like a young Bernie Sanders sometimes. Yeah, just actually. Saying, just saying, look up those pictures of Bernie Sanders getting arrested as a young man in Berkeley, California. And Brian Hartnell <laughs> did say that he fucking had like brown curly hair. Bernie Sanders, brown curly hair back just in the saying, day. Just saying, Bernie Sanders, I know he's an East Sider and he's got that Boston accent, but that's that a Vermont guy, accent. Or Vermont accent or whatever he's from, <laughs> but like. He uh he traveled he traveled around. I took my uh my uh my wedding vacation. What is it? My my holy matrimonies was taken in the Soviet Union. Possible he got some fucking knowledge from Stalin. Maybe maybe he just traveled around doing good around the country, and then he just couldn't help himself. Like he just needed the murder rush. <laughs> it's like Thanos. <laughs> you got to balance the universe. Yeah, huh? it's good enough. Yeah, I still voted <laughs> for him. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Yeah. Um. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> He thinks that the the Exorcist is the best satirical comedy that I've ever seen. Signed, yours truly. He plunged himself into the billowy wave, and an echo arose from the suicide's grave. Titwillow, titwillow, titwillow. P.S. If I do not see this note on your paper, I will do something nasty, which you know I am capable of doing. And then there's like this weird fucking symbol um, that nobody has been able to decode. Some people think that it's the initials for who could be the actual you know, suspect, which we'll get into on episode three. Uh, but that weird tit willow fucking uh, verse is actually, again, um, a reference to this play called the Mikado. So um, in the first episode, we were talking about the most dangerous game. The Mikado is kind of like this, like Japanese play, like about doing bad, bad things for the overall good of society or whatever. So um, a lot of people think like the Mikado is like his justification for what he's doing. And then at the end of this letter, he gives himself his final kill count, which says me 37 San Francisco PD zero. He's good. He's fucking good. I'll give him that. Just looking at that letter. I'm just like, fuck, he got me. (laughs) (laughs) He fucking got me, man. Like this is one of those things that like when we do like, have we covered Ted Bundy? I don't even know if we've covered Ted Bundy, but, but briefly, we, like we kissed on it. But every time we cover a serial killer, like we you know we just did Richard Ramirez, and like we we uh, we go down these dark avenues. There's nothing really fun about them in the sense that like they're very grim and like you mm-hmm. know like all this dark shit's going on, and like they're just piling up these body counts, and you know that they're like tortured mentally, and like you know not all there, and like it, and like there is a little bit of a romance with serial killers, like whether we like to admit it as a culture or not, that's what makes them kind of fun to cover sometimes. Many podcasts cover them. Mm-hmm. But the thing that sets Zodiac apart is that there is no, like, this is who we're covering, this is why he's doing it. There is no, like, sexual deviancy in his crimes. There's just appears to be, like, an attempt to create a larger body count. And not even that, because we might not even that might, some of these might not even be him. He's just taking credit for them. Mm-hmm. It is, it just seems to be more of like a puzzle, like kind of like what's that, um, like Jigsaw or whatever, like how like Jigsaw had like all these like intricate puzzles, and he's like giving out letters to like the police and like carving mm-hmm. out puzzle pieces on. Like it almost seems like that. Like this seems perfect 
for a movie. And like that's probably why the Zodiac movie is so good because mm-hmm. it's it's like life is stranger than fiction sometimes. Yeah. And like it, it's it's just so fucking crazy sometimes. Sometimes I think like I can't believe this was happening at one point. I wasn't alive for it, but like if this shit if something like this was happening today, like this would be like fucking shut down the internet. We all need to focus on this. It might get solved too fast now because <laughs> Reddit and all that shit, all the web sleuths like come together mm-hmm. now. Like there's more detectives on duty at all time than ever before. Yeah. So it might get cracked now, but it's just fucking insane. Like that he was able to come up with these ciphers, like the ciphers alone. Interesting as fuck. The fact that there's these other crimes that are just kind of like out there and he's taking maybe account for, for them and just some of them sound too close to what he's doing not to be him weird the whole thing to me is just like fucking weird interesting as hell it's been one of my favorite cases to to even to ever cover so and it's it's probably why we're gonna do three parts on it because usually like we just we look at something we can wrap it up like within one episode but like this one is just like you said it like on previous episodes where you're kind of scared to touch the zodiac because you want to do it just right and i remember texting you earlier this week or probably two days ago saying like yo we got to do part three of it, like where we to give this 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 topic justice. Where it's just like the first episode, those are going to be the murders we know for sure. Uh, second episode, we just covered all the letters, and I think the third episode we're just going to cover like the suspects and kind of fill in all the gaps. You know, I was kind of giving some winks to the camera, you know, and you know, telling you guys, hey, make sure you look at this because when, once we get into the suspects. The story gets even a little bit more crazier. There's more rabbit holes that go down. And the people that were in charge of investigating it, like their lives were like fucking severely fucking, you know, compromised. As well as like, you know, the cartoonist <laughs> that, yeah. that worked for the Chronicle. His his job had nothing to do with um this at all like his job was just to fucking make like fucking richard nixon fucking cartoons but like he like fucking dedicates his fucking life so much so that like his wife leaves him uh because becomes this obsessed with a fucking case and kudos to him like he finds a lot of stuff and like travels down a lot of avenues to kind of get the information that's out there today i mean granted it's still unsolved but we can sit here today and say like oh shit like that to talk about like those web sleuths, like he's able to like cross some lines that, you know, detectives may not be able to cross due to fucking, you know, uh, you need a search warrant or this, that, or another, or whatever. But we have that now. Did we get a conviction or anything? No, but we can kind of, I think by the end of episode three, like we'll kind of have our dude or dudes, uh, when we get to the Zodiac, but it, it's, it's a super interesting case. Because just like you said, like, it's like with Richard Ramirez, you ended up, like, fucking feeling sorry for him. You know, uh, not Marilyn Manson, uh, Charles Manson, a shit person. But, like, you look at the first episode that we did on him, like, you're like, oh, wow, yeah, this is how someone becomes that person. And that's where those episodes go down. But, like, with this, like, it's a whole other thing. It's kind of like a amalgamation of, like, everything we cover, like, with, like, fucking Cicada 3301. We talked about fucking, um, fucking, what's that fucking uh, Moloch Club? Uh, Bohemian, Bohemian, Grove. Bohemian Grove. You got some of that in here. So it kind of like encapsulates everything like we've covered like in the last 200 episodes that we've done. It's it's, it's only appropriate that, you know, one of these, uh, this, uh, this topic lands on episode 200 just because it's just like it kind of culminates everything that we've been working on the last four years. Yeah. I mean, 
the, yeah, I mean, it, it's it was a big case, and I'm glad there's a, still a third episode because the suspects are equally as fun to cover. Mm-hmm. The guy just kind of keeps fucking switching up and switching up. One of his very last letters, he um, he's still calling himself the uh, the Zodiac, but then he throws like this other thing where he starts calling. Like at this point, he's like, "I am also like the Red Phantom." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I have the Red Rage or something like that, and it's just like. Another thing that's just like, is this guy just fucking with people? Some some of it has to be just fucking with people. Mm-hmm. Like some of it just needs to be like, whenever like Tool writes a song and Mater just puts a joke in there just to like make people sound like these are very intricate and complex songs, like Fibonacci sequences, and all of a sudden like, and then Mater just writes a song about like cooker with a penis. Yeah, it's just like, oh, what what is this? The chocolate <laughs> chip trip? Like it's just like, it's weird. Like but at the same time, it's it's part of the puzzle. Like you, you won't be able to solve it because there's, there's bullshit cookie crumbs that just leads you to nothing. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit of that, and it makes it kind of fun as well. So, yeah, so with that said, again, I always say, Art, do you have anything else? But we'll have a whole fucking other episode <laughs> <laughs> to cover all the everything else. Uh, I just want to say thank you, Art. Um, this is episode <laughs> two hundred, <laughs> and uh, like I was saying uh, earlier in this episode, where you know, episode 100, like I kind of felt like we were at the end of a fucking, you know, marathon race and I was huffing and puffing at the end. I do feel like at episode 200, like we're just at the beginning of a marathon now. And I have you to thank for that. Cause I really feel like in the last hundred episodes, like you really stepped your game up as a podcast host. And Thanks, <laughs> I look at you and I'm like, fuck, I got to step my game up now too. So it's just like, I got to thank you for being 50% of this thing. And uh, I couldn't think of a better person to do the podcast with and fucking, I hope we do fucking many, many more. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not just me stepping up. I think that we've had conversations off air that are just like, you should probably do this more and like do that more. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right. I can't just show up with like a beer can and be like, yeah, what's up, man? Like, whatever, like, you know, I'm just not going to be able to hold that down. Although, like, there's episodes, like, I think the Patreon episodes, if if you're listening to this and you don't listen to the Patreon episodes, I think they're very fun. They're very, oh, like, yeah. interesting just because it lets us just, like, take the filter off. There's no topic. There's just whatever we want to talk about. And sometimes they get deep and sometimes they're stupid and talking about fast food and, like, <laughs> whatever. And it, it's just, I, I do, I like doing those and I like doing these. And I think we've kind of hit a nice balance where we're, like, doing both of them and, like, just getting all that shit out of our system sometimes sometimes it's just like a cool little therapy couch session where we just talk about shit that's going on it's cool like i i think that those those have really helped like kind of like just make the podcast a little bit better like the patreon episodes kind of like make the episodes themselves a little bit better even sometimes when we show up and we're like man this topic wasn't as good as like i thought the research was going to lead to be like now we're in a good like talking conversation piece and it's just like fuck it but it's still gonna be fun because like yeah. we can bullshit our way through it and have fun like whatever yeah it's no john teeter or whatever what is that what was the time traveler <laughs> john, john teeter oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah like that shit i gotta say was <laughs> fucking fun but well that said guys also to thank you to everybody else that's been with us the last 200 episodes as well shout out to alejandra shout out to all our patrons shout out to fucking Cole Smith Botch for fucking being there and helping us, you know, with our graphic design needs, being uh, one of the best patrons we can ask for. Shout out to our buddy Jesus. 
um, you know, for always shouting us out on the social medias, get, getting the good word out there, doing the Lord's work. Uh, shout out to all of our guests that we've had on. Um, the list can go on and on and on, but just thank everybody. Thank you to Brent uh, from, you know, Sofa King, you know, for the Podbelly Network, which we are proud members of. Um, and all the fucking um, podcasters that we've been associated with, you know, like our sisters from the We're Not Sure Yet, you know, shout out to them. Even though they haven't, they have retired that podcast, you know, it's, it, it's good to fucking, you know, um, have those kind of friendships um, that have been forged by doing something like this. Because we yeah. never would have met them if we didn't do this. Definitely. Like, um Liz, I just added her on my like Wii Wii games or whatever. Uh-huh. So like, it is weird. Like I think of, I didn't even think about that now. But yeah, like I wouldn't have met her if it wasn't for like doing a podcast or whatever. And like all those people that like, I I don't I would have I, I I still don't consider them people that I know know well. But like like um like Artie, um like that dude's like really active in the in the podcast community and like not just ours but like Sofa King and like. Dang, like I think that I think that that's badass. Like, yeah, to me, it's a community thing. Yeah, to me, it's like, yeah, I think the Patreon's cool, and like, I think we both appreciate that there's people that are willing to give us like a penny of like whatever. Like, I think that's cool, but at the same time, it's just like just having interactions with people like on like the on the groups, on like the fan group or whatever. Like, I think that that's super cool. Like, anytime somebody posts on there, and I'm just like, man, that's badass. That you you think. <laughs> other like this kind of relates to our podcast and you think it's funny and you think it's like whatever and like you you get it like you get that it's like it's serious and it's comedy it's not to bring up tool again but it's kind of in that tool world where it's like tool is serious but at the same time it's hooker with a penis and like (laughs) it's like fart jokes kind of in there and like it's that if you get it you get it yeah so thank everybody uh shout out to our sponsors el yucateco and caveman coffee uh with that said guys um for the next 200 episodes and more, um, make sure you check us out on all the social medias at Art and Jacob Do America, except for Twitter. We are at Art and Jacob Do A1. Uh, go to the Patreon, go to the T Public, search Art and Jacob Do America. Uh, go to the Podbelly Network. If you like our podcast, you'll probably love other podcasts that do the same shit as us. Um, and with that said, Art, let's fucking hit these uh, episode 201 next week, baby. You got it, man. Tell your mommy boo boo too. Shout out Elizabeth Jackman, tell Elizabeth Warren, uh, and shout out Eric Castillo for being part of a lot of those first 200 episodes. Yes. So with that said, have a good night. Are you okay? Yeah. Yeah, we're fine. Must have been worse than I thought. I can give you a lift to a service station. Okay. I didn't know you had a baby. Oh, is that okay? More the merrier. You shouldn't smoke. It's a bad habit.
I think we just passed a filling station. It was closed. Do you always go around helping people in the night? When I'm done with them, they don't need much help. Before I kill you, I'm gonna throw your baby out the window. It's like that and like this and like that, man. It's like this. Then who gives a fuck about those? So just chill to the next episode.